Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the imaginary Matthew Henry. Say hello, Matthew. Hello. Matthew, I got a question for you. Okay. What is a bigger deal? Being the first female manager of a single A team that's affiliated with a major league baseball team? Or being the first woman to appear on the field as an on-field coach like Alyssa Nakin did? Both are amazing accomplishments. I don't want to diminish either, but I... I'm a little bit of a homer, so I'm gonna go with Alyssa Nakin. I, you know, yeah. it's the majors, right? I mean, yeah. no yeah. one's no one's watching a ball except for you know for a specific reason there, and you know, and I'm sure that she is going to do a great job. But Alyssa Nakin has put in the time and deserved the opportunity that she got uh, last night, and uh, thrilled to see her out on the field and damn good baseball coach and making uh, making history. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, extremely uh, good baseball coach. I was listening to an interview with her on the radio with the radio guys after the game. And uh, uh, Fleming was asking her, you know, it seems like suddenly your hands are in everything, right? Like this is an indication that she's pretty high on the totem pole, right? Like if if you're the one who's coming in to to be uh, the first base coach, uh, you're pretty high on the totem pole because that's first base coach is kind of like, what I mean, it's bench coach, maybe third base coach, first base coach, right? After the manager, that's kind of your hierarchy, right? I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously you're heavily involved in all of the strategy and 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 approach. Um, if if you're there at first base, right? Yeah. Um, and you got to know all the signs, <laughs> and and all of that. I'm sure all the coaches know the signs, but, um. But but yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I think, um, you know, she's what she was been with the organization. With. This is her third season now, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, climbing the title pole. Pretty cool. But I mean, pretty quickly. But anyway, just obviously a very, very cool accomplishment and exciting to see uh, happened under very, very strange circumstances. And maybe we'll get into that later, but I, I don't know. But um Quite frankly, I, I think we got to let whatever happened there play out a little bit more before I think we comment on it too much because, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it later, maybe. Or yeah. We'll invite people to go read news articles about it. But it was uh, quite the quite the goings on that led up to her appearing, but still a cool accomplishment nonetheless. Uh, but yes, anyway, today is uh, Wednesday, April 13th, as we record this podcast. The Giants have concluded their first two series of the year, going um, two and one in each of them against the the Miami Marlins and the um, ever confounding um, and hated San Diego Padres uh, to bring their record to four and two for the year, um, meaning they're now a half a game out of first place behind, as everyone would have predicted, the 4-1 Colorado Rockies. Half a game ahead of the Dodgers and Padres, I think. Although, I don't know. Maybe maybe they've changed that since 
I last checked the standings earlier today. And uh, let's well, see. The Giants uh, are yep. currently in second place, half game out of the Rockies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, I got it right. <laughs> I got it right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so good start to the season. As you mentioned while we beforehand, the Giants are on pace to win how many games? 108. 108. Already doing better than they did last year at this time. Right? Because last time year they had the, the, the opening day gut punch. Right, which I named a cocktail after, and uh, they they avoided that this year. So already, you know, things are already looking better. This team is already better than last year. But before we get into the baseball, Matthew, Bob's got a question for you. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thanks, Bob. Uh, well, today again, you know, I uh, as we said last week, I, I coach high school track, and Wednesday nights are our track meet nights and also the night that we record so uh, i had to come home and quickly put together a cocktail and so i went with uh i went tonight with a tequila sour and the tequila sour is one of those uh ones that you can put together pretty easily uh this one has two ounces of a reposado tequila uh, one ounce of lemon juice a half ounce of lime juice two teaspoons of agave nectar two dashes of Angostura bitters and an egg white and uh, shake that all up and then uh, dry shake without any ice in a shaker. And then you add ice and you shake it till it's cold and frosty and pour it into a, a cocktail glass and uh, garnish it with a lime and uh, maybe a cherry like I did and got the foamy head and and uh, the amber kind of uh, glow of the drink and... Um, it's it's pretty nice. I'm really liking this uh, this balance between kind of the tart sourness of the of the lemon and lime, and then the uh, the the tequila and the agave syrup play really nicely. So uh, there you go, my tequila sour. Sounds like a good representation of of us, you being the tart sour one, and me bringing the sweetness. Now, yes, because you're just sweet, the sweetest as they come. Okay, I'm thinking I might have gotten that backwards. Now, now, now that I said it, it sounded really good in my head. I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I said it out loud, and I'm like, no, that's wrong. No, I'm that's... good cop. You're bad cop, remember? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, We're... even good cops like a little sour every now and then. So That's right. Well, your drink is a very pretty drink. Thank you. So uh, is yours. And you. I guess, you know, on that note, I think Bob's got a question to ask you. All right. Hit me, Bob. What are you drinking, Ben? Thank you for asking, Bob. I am drinking something that I, I guess I, I, I did. I was going to come up with a name. I was actually kind of hoping it would turn out to be a little blue so I could yet name another cocktail after my favorite non-San Francisco Giant baseball player, Jazz Chisholm. And aren't we all glad he's not playing the Giants uh, for a long while? Um but uh, but it actually came out this very beautiful purple color. And um, what it is is actually, I guess it's a Blackberry Clover Club. Um, it is two ounces of gin, one ounce of um, lemon juice, and then one ounce of blackberry syrup. Um, and, uh, and then about half an ounce uh, egg white. Um, well, you could just do a whole egg white in there, which would be a little bit more than half an ounce, probably around an ounce. Uh, did that in a dry shake, so I shook that in a shaker without any ice. 
Uh, and then I added ice and did another shake. Uh, and then I strained that into a coupe uh, served up. And it is a very frothy, pretty purple uh, color. And it comes off with a very bright... Um, very bright, but, um, sweet and blackberry flavor. It's a wonderful summer cocktail and it has this really nice light mouthfeel because of the egg white. Um, Clover Club is definitely a classic. I would, I would strongly recommend just getting one of those. Um, but I think I like the blackberry one a little bit better just because it's more of a, it's like a deeper flavor, you know, it's got a little bit more, um, sophistication to it. Like, um, like me to you, you know what I mean? You're like yeah. a raspberry clover club, and I am the sophisticated blackberry clover club. <laughs> oh, okay. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I do say so. All right. Um, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, uh, let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about baseball. Opening week. I mean, it was pretty slow. I don't think very much happened this week. <laughs> How are we going to fit all this into an hour-long podcast? I, I don't think we're going to. I think we're going to have to pick and choose, Matthew. I, 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 I mean, we could talk about every single game in great detail, and I think it would take six hours to do that. Um, you know, if this is what the rest of the season is going to be like, it, it feels like 2010 all over again. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, the, the, the torture season uh, renewed. Um, and... Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe what we should do is we should talk about uh, you know because last week we had we had all of our predictions. Like what we've been talking about the last few weeks is just all of these predictions and who's gonna do what and how everything's gonna play out. And now we have real information, real data that's actually gonna tell us this is the direction that the San Francisco Giants are going in. So maybe we should talk about what we've learned. What have we learned in these last six games? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the the number one thing that came out, I mean, we've we've played five, well, six games now. And uh our starting rotation is as advertised. I mean, it is uh wow. I mean, I I Logan Webb, uh, you know, fortunately he got a win vultured on opening day. You know, as soon as I predicted twenty, I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, I knew there goes your twenty wins. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know got a win today and uh, and and has now gosh I don't it's like some obscene number of starts without a loss you know uh, uh, he's got the streak going that's like it's like twenty five I want to say that's ridiculous is it twenty five I, I don't know I don't know either but it's, I think it's, it's close it's, to that and and so that I mean so Logan Webb and then Carlos Rodon you know striking out twelve batters in five innings just was uh, mind boggling I mean the guy I mean. I, you know, could you have asked for a better, you know, uh, opening, you know, with a new club? I, I, I think not. I mean, he just dominated. Well, he could have I struck mean, out 27. Well, yeah. And I guess you know. and he could have gotten a win. That would have been nice. But that wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't his fault. No, that definitely wasn't his fault. I, he, yes, he did everything he could. Uh, and, um, and then we had, what, Alex Wood. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, and? so so well, Alex Wood, uh, you know, obviously pitching well. Uh, I think the other Alex, though, Alex Cobb, uh, was yeah. the one that uh, you know was good to see, you know interesting to see because I didn't, I haven't followed his career very closely, and I know you know uh, what was interesting when they were. You're not a big a Alex Cobb fan. 
I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a fine man. Um, <laughs> apologies to his parents who probably follow his career very closely, but I, I, I didn't know who he was. And so uh, come to find out that, you know, typical of the Giants, right? They did their homework. He has uh, had some really good uh, uh, he's had some good moments in the past, including, you know, they were throwing a stat up when Radon struck out 12 and in five innings. Uh, that uh, Cobb has also done that. He has struck out, I think, 12 in like four and two thirds innings uh, a few years back. So uh, definitely, if he's got that kind of stuff, uh, you know, he is a huge upgrade over, you know, Cueto from last year. So, right, right. I mean, this time he only struck out 10 in five innings. Yeah. So, you Loser. Know, not, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, why? what do you expect out of your number five guy anyway? Yeah. No, I mean, I think for me, like, he was the biggest surprise, right? And, and I, I don't I don't think that's that's all that unusual, but I, I – uh, what a revelation he was, you know? I, I mean, I think I – didn't, I didn't expect that. Right? I didn't. I did not. I did not expect that kind of domination through a lineup – uh, particularly a very strong lineup like the the Padres have. Sure, it, it doesn't have Tatis Jr. in it, and that lineup really needs Tatis Jr. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, still a good lineup, and uh, uh, and he was absolutely dominant out there. I mean, I think every starter had their moments where they looked dominant, except you know T Bone. He struggled a little uh, bit. He struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, I I also- I. I he was a little unlucky. I think there was some yeah. there was some hits that were you know not well. I mean, gosh, there were there were hits that were like you know thirty mile per hour off the bat hits and those kind of yeah. things. And you know, so it's not. I think that was an outlier, not really indicative of how he pitched. Just a little unfortunate. I think the Giants relievers have had a lot of they've been were victims of a lot of those kind of hits the last few games as well. Just a lot of dinks and doinkers and like you know uh, accidental bunts and. Um, yeah. Just a lot of a lot of poorly hit balls that are so poorly hit they turn into to base hits. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I you know I I don't think there's anything to worry about. It's not like it's not like Desclafani was giving up the home runs left and right, um, and uh, and getting hard, hit hard, right? right? So yeah, I think overall this was a fantastic outing by our starting pitching. Um, you know, Logan Webb, um. Picking up right where he left off, right? He's uh, he should be two and zero at this point with his one point twenty nine ERA, uh, and um, absolutely, I think it, it is clearly the ace of the staff. Unless Carlos keeps striking out twelve guys every five innings, in which case, <laughs> like I don't know, maybe maybe it's like a it's it's a you know one A and yeah co ace. There you go, I like it co ace, kind of like Ben and Matthew. That's right. Of course, right. I'm I'm one A. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, I'm one B because B is for Ben, and A is for oh, I A is like... for Apple. That's right. Remember, we're a family show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> family show that drinks cocktails. Family family show that drinks cocktails. Uh, yes. Well, you, know, um, you, you know who else was probably drinking cocktails was Elliot Ramos's family. That's true. In celebration of uh, Elliot making his debut. We told you. Yeah. Matthew, yeah. we were right. <laughs> we were absolutely right. We told the fans. We told our listeners. Listen, 
<laughs> if he's on the 40 man, he's going to make his debut this season. He's going to be part of the rotation, we, we said. We, you we, know? did, we did say that, but then last week we also said that we thought that would be in, what, late July, early August? I'm going to I'm gonna level with you, Matthew, and this might come as a surprise. I don't remember anything that I said last week. <laughs> this is what happens when you drink cocktails while talking about the Giants. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you drink 75s, yes. and you have you have multiples of them. Uh, well, you, you no. were, I will admit, you were closer to it than I. I think you said late July. Uh, that's I right, said, I win. I said early August, so you were, yeah. you were closer. I think you were uh, like six days or seven, like a week later than I was, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, so I win. Uh, I said July 21st that he would make his debut. And uh, what was it? Was it April 9th? April 10th? <laughs> um, oh, wow. We were so close. I so close. You know, and, and I, if, if I had remembered about things like, you know, just um, uh, these these unexpected leaves, right? You know? Right. And injuries, like, and we'd really been thinking this out. We would have figured, okay, look, there's going to be an opportunity to bring him up much earlier than that. And I guess the big question mark is, is that what they're doing? Or is he here to stay? I think the way he's played, well, I don't know. Like, I, I think the way he's played has been fine. I Obviously, he hasn't been, it hasn't been like, you know, record-breaking or anything like this. He's no... Um, he's, well, he's had four plate appearances. He's Right, right. He's not like that kid from the Guardians, Quan, who who has now had, what, 115 <laughs> at-bats has not, has not had a, a a swing and miss yet. That's sick. In, a, That's... in 115 at-bats. So so that kid's doing well. Yeah, but, good, for, good for him. Uh, but the other thing that struck me about Ramos was how they weren't using him against... Um, against righties right yeah. so uh that to me tells me that he's probably on the he's probably going to be on the shuttle right like i i feel like he's going to be going up and down at least during this month um you know if push comes to shove during april when they can kind of just do whatever they want i i feel like it's going to be him going up and down um yeah, because well, it doesn't feel you feel like they're in a rush to get him out there. No, and I mean he's almost like the Lamont Wade Jr. last year, where he, Lamont had options and there were guys they wanted to keep, and so Lamont got optioned. And I feel right. like you know it doesn't. I don't think it's going to be any reflection on Elliot Ramos. Uh, whether you know if he goes back down to AAA, it's going to be more of hey, we want to keep people like you know Dubon or whoever you know. Um, even though I'm not sure that he will survive beyond this month. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like he's definitely, uh, Ramos, uh, could be a candidate to go up and down and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's just the Giants MO. Yeah. Right. And I, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think he is basically in the same position that Lamont Wade Jr. was in last year. And, um, but you know, I mean, Lamont proved that he deserved to stay and, uh, and eventually they, you know, they kept him and they decided that he wasn't going to be that guy anymore. And, and the, so, you know, the DFA so there's a path. Talk- DFA Mike Talkman and uh, that's know. right. They made a choice, a hard decision that they they really didn't want to make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, you know, you know who's not going to be optioned is Joey Bart. Mm. <laughs> Amen. And, and uh, I mean, gosh, doesn't he look like a different hitter this year? I mean, just uh, I mean, you compare him to 2020. Um, yeah, it's it's like night and day. I mean, he's so patient up there, and you know, he's not swinging at at those. 
the inside hard stuff that the, the pitchers are still trying to pitch him the same way they pitched him in 2020, and he's uh, not biting. And uh, he's drawn more walks in the first uh, six games than he did in 111 games as as a you know in his first year. So uh, yeah, he he looks like I mean, gosh. And then the home run that he hit on on opening day was it? Uh, Pro, it was prodigious. Yes, prodigious. Uh, I like that word. Was, yeah. It, it was it was it was uh, it was a Bardian blast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would I would like to apologize on Twitter. I I got excited, and I said you know taking the Bart train and and I know we don't call Bart a train, but I just got so excited and it just seemed to fit at the moment and you know um, somebody yeah. called me out on it Twitter and then I was like oh he's right like I totally yeah. you know so I apologize. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you get a little excited. The keyboard's yeah. right there. Um, yeah. Not not my best work. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. All the tweets can't be gems. You know. That's right. That's right. Um, shame on you, Matthew, for 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 calling a transportation system a train. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, you know, they've got trams, they've got, you know, they've got bus bridges quite often, <laughs> you know, and um, and I would say those aren't trains. Some of those aren't trains as much as they are antique hotels, you know. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna uh, go. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it, um, no, sorry, sorry. Anyway, uh, yeah, shame on you. Shame on you for the bad joke. Because, you know, around here, Matthew, we don't do bad jokes. <laughs> that's all we do. That's, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the, we yeah, we, we, we drink cocktails and make bad jokes. Um, which is why it's a great show. Exactly. All right. Well, Joey Bart, I mean, I just getting back to him. Yeah, he is uh, had a clutch hit today. I mean, he just he definitely. I I, I hate to say this. I hate to say this, but then it don't almost say it. it almost maybe makes me just, maybe you should just shut your mouth. Like <laughs> I just feel maybe like... just maybe you should just shut your mouth. I miss Buster. Me too, Bob. <laughs> I miss him too, Bob. I miss him too. But Joey Bart is is helping ease that pain a little bit by playing the way he's playing so far. And if he keeps this up, uh, we won't we won't miss uh, a Buster's we won't miss production. What? We won't miss his production as All much right. as we thought. All because right. there's no replacing Buster, the the leader, right. the man. All right. You know. All right. All right. You you were walking on thin ice there, man. You were <laughs> you were on thin ice. Oh. Uh, no, but Joey, I mean Joey Bart, he's been amazing, right? Yeah, I think I think the walks are actually the key indicator of the confidence and uh that he's bringing to the plate, mm-hmm. right? And um, exactly, and, yeah. And he is absolutely bought in to the to the Giants way, which is like wait for your pitch, right? Don't don't let the the other team dictate uh what you swing and don't swing at. And uh, and get your pitch and do damage with it. And I think you know, uh, besides the home run, I, I I really enjoyed the the RBI single that he had yesterday in the the six run inning yeah. against Darvish. You know, where they just like you know added on, tacked on. Let's uh, you know um, pile on and, and do more damage. You know, because there's an opportunity to drive a run in, and it, that was a huge clutch hit. So, um, and and he's been and he's clearly been just fine behind the plate, folks. Just right. Fine. Yes. Just fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, Casali was this was his first day catching today, right? 
I, I believe so. Like, I don't think no, he, he caught... No, he, he caught one of the games in... Uh, oh, did he? Uh, he's, okay. So, yeah, I think he's catching, like, every third game, pretty much like he did last year. Okay. Uh, well, but it, nonetheless, right, it doesn't seem like, um, you know, because Casale caught Webb today, and, and Bart caught him on opening day, right? So there doesn't right. seem to be any sort of, like, this pitcher pitches to this catcher sort of situation. Right. Um, and... Uh, uh, who who did Rodon pitch to then? If if I'm, I think I'm, it was Desclafani pitched to Casali. Okay, okay. So I think Rodon pitched to to Bart. Right. Okay. So what we're saying is is that Cobb and Rodon, with their prodigious strikeout performances, and then Logan Webb with his uh, opening day performance, they were all pitching to to Joey Bart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And uh, I I think that is also a great sign. Um, and also, I mean, all joking aside, yeah, it does. You know, I think that was one of the gray areas was how much of the Giants going to miss Buster Posey, uh, particularly as it relates to um, the pitching staff. Right. You know, not just his not just his per, her produ- production at the plate, but but how he uh, how he acts as a second pitching coach. And, and sure, I don't think Joey Bard is necessarily at that level. Um, but certainly the game that he's calling behind the plate, um, is, is good enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, the, the results I think speak for themselves and, um, he has been off to a, a fantastic start. Um, he doesn't have a multi-home run game like say Suzuki does though. So, okay. All I right. Note that. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, yeah, another newcomer. Yeah, you know, it seems like I was looking back to last year, and you know we had all these guys that kind of, you know, that kind of not came out of nowhere because I think you know, but but really produced beyond what people thought. And you know, one of those was like Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, and and this year it seems like that candidate might be Luke Williams. And uh, started at third base today. Uh, I think he said two starts already at third base. And mm-hmm. uh, and and has played pretty well, and uh, you know some clutch hits uh, today. I think he drove in both runs uh, today. You know, uh, and so uh, yeah, I, I I just I'm in awe of like the fact that we just seem to like just whatever we pull off of somebody else's scrap heap just comes in and produces in a way that we need them to. How does that keep happening? Uh we've got really smart people making these decisions. And I think the, the giants recognize their value where other teams don't, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what the Phillies organization looks like the, sorry, the, yeah, the Phillies organization, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they, that, that looks like to, to lead them to let somebody like Luke Williams go. But, um, that was the choice that they made. And so, you know, I, I think his value is obvious, right? I mean, it was obvious to me, like all joking aside, when, when you were pulling that railroad job on me <laughs> and 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 you were like saying like Estrada is going to be the guy that the Giants keep and Mauricio Dubon is going to be the guy they let go, you know, and then you told me about Luke Williams, I realized, oh, my brother has fooled me. Because to me, when you look at his, when you look at the fact that he has all of these options, you look at the fact that he can play seven positions on the field. It, it's sort of a no-brainer. It's like this guy fits exactly into the Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi sort of mindset of how to build and play uh, a baseball team, right? And um, 
it's just obvious to me. So, yeah. I, you know, how other people could not see the value in somebody like him is is a little perplexing. But, um, you know, the one thing I, I, I'm thinking now is after seeing him. Yeah. OK, it's clear that he's the he's the backup third baseman right now. Number one, um, yeah. although Dubon has played there uh, this this yeah, season. He played a little bit there. Um, it, it makes me think that they're not going to like Luke Williams. One of his value points is how many options he's got left. But I don't see them moving him up and down at this point, right? Like, to me, again, we're only six games into the season, but he looks like a valuable piece to me. And, and in fact, I would slate him ahead of uh, of Ramos, quite frankly, right? Just because of his versatility and how many different positions he can play. I mean, I think at this point we, we got to configure he's a, he's a corner infielder or he's an infielder and Ramos is an outfielder. But Williams can play the outfield as well. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that makes all the difference. And... Um, from a, from a well, from a defensive perspective, he's almost like Chris Bryant last year, right? I mean, who could play, you know, kind of the different positions. And so right. you're right. That, yeah. That, that surprised me when you say that, though, because then I'm like thinking, well, you know, there's going to be two less roster spots in May. You've got Longoria coming back. You've got Lamont Wade Jr. coming back. There's definitely going to be some roster crunch. And so I think, again, that might be a Luke. Luke Williams has options. He might find yeah. his way down there just because I mean, of the numbers. The numbers game might might do him in there. I think when you come to, to to like bringing people like Longoria and and Wade back, then yeah, I mean obviously somebody like Luke Williams is not going to be ahead of them, and so if if he's the guy on the bubble, then then that's that's obviously one of the reasons why they got him, right because of those options. Right, that's yeah. one of the reasons why they value him. Um, but so yeah, clearly he he would be that guy. Um, but you know, right now Wade and Longoria aren't back. Right. And, you know, and, and until they are, I, I think he's 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 a guy that I think is going to stay on the roster. Agreed. Agreed. Last last guy that I think that we need to talk about, Tyro Estrada. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. before our starting this... second baseman, you mean? <laughs> yes. We, we talked about how he was going to be a valuable piece of 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 the um, the team this year and uh, you know, hit a home run on opening day. A game, a, a game tying game bottom tie- of the ninth clutch, home run after, right. after home the run. Giants had blown the save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. And he he had some questionable defense in that game as well, but he also had some amazing plays in that game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he has incredible range at second base. I mean, more range than anything anybody else we have on the team. Uh, yeah, he doesn't always make the play when he's got that range but uh but it, you know he gets to a lot of balls that most people wouldn't even get to so uh, you know so i you know uh, i think he's um someone that uh, again i think is going to play a huge role uh in our in our season this year and it was really cool to see him come up in that clutch situation and come through i mean the giants really needed that obviously and it was going to i was ready to go man gut punch opening day gut punch number 2 and uh and then tyro saved us and uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So. uh right i mean and and you know I, that's the difference between you know a 4 and 2 and a 3 and 3 uh opening week and uh you know every win matters right i mean we talked about that opening day gut punch for a huge part of the season, right? I mean, and that, like, the Giants won the division by one game, right? So every win matters. So a, a clutch a clutch home run like that in a game like that where you snatch victory from the jaws of defeat is absolutely huge. Um, and, you know, he's what? He's got five hits at a, in, in uh, 19 plate appearances with a walk, a home run, and a double. 
Four, um, four RBIs. Four, yeah, four RBIs. And, which which uh, might lead the team at this point. I don't know. Uh, and he's got he's got a stolen base. Uh, so so he's doing it all. He's doing all the things. And yeah, he does have great range. He does seem to have a little bit of trouble making. And this is really a dumb thing to say. He, he does have a little bit of trouble finishing off those great plays, right? Because it doesn't seem like he can get that throw off when he makes those amazing ranging dives. But I mean, so what? Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right. I I have I a... mean, I do want to say this. He's our starting second baseman no matter who's healthy. And I mm. know the whole righty lefty platoon thing comes into play so that doesn't really matter, but he's our starting second baseman <laughs> no matter who's healthy. All right. Well, I guess we'll see cuz that's another person that we didn't even we even talk about Lestella coming back too, right? So there's there's a right. third person. Yeah. So wow, there's going to be some uh some roster crunching, you know, and uh um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh so last night uh-huh. We we got an we got an introduction to or a reintroduction because it happens all the time, but uh, of the unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, yes. And uh, so in the second inning, the Giants are already up by nine, I believe, at that point, and Duggar steals second base, and uh, which you know causes Matt Williams and Bob Melvin to get their panties in a wad in the dugout and they're all chirping and all that and then and then that dies off and then a few inning a couple innings later in the sixth inning I believe uh we have Dubon bunts for a base hit and uh and and my reaction you know the the broadcast you know crook and Kipe love them but they're all you know they're old school guys and they're talking about how you shouldn't you know, be doing that. And obviously, you know, Kapler's going to talk to DeBone when he gets back to the dugout and all that. And, and he did. We saw him do it on TV, Matthew. <laughs> yes, yes. He did. He did have a lengthy conversation with, yes, after DuBon came back off the and field. And it turns out he was saying, yeah, good job. Right? I mean, because... <laughs> That's right. He was saying, don't listen to those guys. Yes. You, you know, we're playing the right game. We're playing our game. Good job. boy. Well, well, come to find out that... That's been a that was one of their tenants in pre in spring training. They brought the team together and said, "This is the team that we're going to be this year. We're going to put our pedal to the metal, and we're we're gonna we're gonna. This is a strategy that we will use." So, yeah. And Kapler explained it after the game. This is this is a strategy. This is you know this gets into people's bullpens. This forces them to make moves that they want. That throws more pitches. We're trying to win the National League West, and the, you know we're not going to let up to give somebody a chance to reset and. And I think that's exactly right. Jock Peterson said it best. He's like, well, you don't like it, then play better then. That's what Jock Peterson said. And I, I totally exactly. agree. Exactly, right? You know, don't like it, then play better. Play exactly. better. But you know what? Give up. You know, Bob, what are the Padres going to do? The Padres are going to Padre. <laughs> exactly right, Bob. That's Padres right, Bob. are going to Padre. You s- nobody said it ever better than that, Bob. Padres <laughs> are going to Padre. Um... Matthew, like, this is, I love this. I love this so much. And and the first thing I want to say is I want to, I'm a huge Madison Bumgarner fan who who is absolutely an old school ball, baseball player. You're a and Matt my, Williams fan. I was just going to say, my favorite all-time San Francisco giant is the Sarge, without a doubt. And one of the things that I loved about the man when I was a kid and he would hit home runs is the way he ran around the bases after he hit a home run, like head down, sprinting full charge because he didn't want to show up the pitcher. Um, and and that's cool and, and classy, but 
but at the same time, like these old, these unwritten rules, they're tired. They're tired, you know? And the fact of the matter is, you know what they are? They're excuses by the other team to force you to go easy on them. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah. The San Diego Padres were saying last night, oh, give us a chance. Please let us get back into the game. Bid, bad, evil, mean, Gabe Kapler. Can we play baseball too? <laughs> what, like they're giving up? Right. I mean, they did eventually give up when they put Will Myers in. And boy, was that a golden moment. <laughs> I mean, giant as soon killer as... Giant Will Myers? Giant killer Will Myers on the mound. That's what I thought to myself. Here's where we get our revenge. And we did. We did. Well, yeah, but the first kind of hit a home run off of him was Jock Peterson. <laughs> Yo, the, okay, so not the longtime giant you were hoping... <laughs> I mean, when I see Jock Peterson, like he, like I saw him last night, I was like, "Whoa, that guy actually looks good in those creamsicle suits." <laughs> and uh, then I was like, "Oh right, it's ex Dodger Jock Peterson." Darren Ruff also looks very good in these uniforms, I must say. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm still not a fan of the creamsicles. Although I did see that they brought the cream, cream. They now have creamsicle helmets. Yeah, they match. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like the creamsicle with a with an orange flavored hard shell candy on it now. <laughs> it's uh, but but anyway, getting back to these unwritten rules. Um, I mean, that's basically what teams are asking for, right? They're asking you to go easy on them in the second inning, right? And then in, in the, the second inning, you you you're saying like, oh oh, please let us get back into the game. Why would we do that? Right. The Giants don't give a damn about the San Diego Padres. And where and the Padres shouldn't. end up in this. And they, and they shouldn't. shouldn't. And they shouldn't. Right? The Giants want to win every single game that they can. And they're not going to go easy on anybody in the second inning. Well, what a bunch of babies. Per- God, going easy on in the second inning? The more I think about it, the more angry I get. That even that should be an unwritten rule. No <laughs> whining about unwritten rules in the second inning. Otherwise, you're just a, you're just a San Diego Padre. Oh. Okay, I understand now. They're the Padres. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, and and I think you know hitting those homers off Myers. I mean, they weren't they weren't taking it easy on him. They were no, they, they were, were not. They were teeing off, and <laughs> so yeah, I, that was a good that was a good chuckle. Um, and and I think you know the the it's you know this is the first time at least that I can call. Usually, like you know, managers will be like, oh, we'll talk to them. We'll you know, yeah, he misunderstood, or they're you know they'll put some kind of smoke screen up to kind of hide you know maybe their intentions, but not Kapler. Kapler's like, no, nope. this is the team that we're gonna be, and you know if you want to do the same to us, then fine, right? You know, right. and and I think that that could be a turning point in these unwritten rules because as soon as people start being like, this is the way we're gonna play, right? And you're gonna have to play like us if you want to beat us then, you know, maybe that will start to change people's attitudes towards these stupid unwritten rules. Right. Well, I mean, I think this is I think this is an excellent approach for a bunch of reasons. I mean, number one, the obvious reasons, which is like, yeah, go hard at them all the time. Make their pitchers throw a lot of pitches, make tire their bullpen out because that impacts the Padres tomorrow. Right. 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 Which which they were was a game against the Giants. And, and even then, like, you want to hurt your division rivals any chance you can. So if you're going to waste your division rivals bullpen on a getaway day, do that. Because now they have a problem in their next game, which might cause them to lose that game. 
and and that's to your benefit. So absolutely, this is an this is about winning baseball games, and and it should absolutely it should absolutely be allowed. And I'm glad that the Giants are doing it. But moreover, like. And, you know, I guess the risk to that is, oh, you're going to make the other team angry. And this is exactly what Kruko and Kuiper were talking about, which is like this, you know, don't give them something to they're going to go in and be all negative. I'm like, I don't know that anger is necessarily a positive emotion. No, in any it's, particular it's, case. I don't there is no correlation between someone being angry and playing better. I mean, there's just not. Right. And I have a master's degree in sports psychology, and I can tell you that it's probably the opposite. And so right. you piss somebody off and they're not going to be on their game. I mean, they're going to be right. thinking of things that aren't relevant to to being successful. And so, right. so, you know, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Right. Well, and even just play that out. Like, let's say the Padres decide, OK, well, we'll show them we're, we're going to resolve this the old school way. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? That means that means a couple of, you know, that means that uh, means DeBone's going to get one in the ear. Right. Right. But eventually what that means is like and if the Giants do not retaliate, what that means is you get a situation where the Padres start putting their pitchers into risk of gaining suspensions. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, again, advantage to the team that's not playing by the unwritten rules right and so i i i think that if this is what they're doing it's just another way that the san francisco giants are 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 looking at the game differently and thinking like how can we exploit the way that the people play this game today to our advantage and um you know i mean and that's how you find that's how you create winning teams that's how you get a 107 win team out of a team that you know that you don't expect right and this isn't any different than billy bean and moneyball Right. This is just yeah. a new way of taking advantage of how the rest of the league plays the game and exploiting it. And what 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 I think is cool is that they literally sat around in the offseason and thought of all the ways that they could gain an advantage. And this is one that they decided on before the season even started. And right. and and that just I mean, that's just like super high level, like like shit. I mean, like the super high level stuff. And. <laughs> Uh, so I, Stuff. I feel like, yeah, uh, I, I, I'll edit that out. Okay. A little, <laughs> I'll beep it or something. Uh, got to keep our clean rating. You know, don't want, mm-hmm. uh, don't want, uh, Steve. Cook didn't happen. Back. Never happened. Never, <clears throat> Never happened. No. And, and so I just love the fact that the Giants spent time sitting around thinking about like minutia like that to gain an advantage and no other team is thinking that way. No. That's other. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, it, it, it's it 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 just shows. Yeah, I mean, it just shows the level of depth of of, of um, that this team will go to to win, and I think it explains why you know why they they win in unexpected ways, yeah, and why you know maybe things like Pakoda can't figure these things out. Right. Well, and and then another way that I think that they sat around this this off season and and decided they were going to do. Was that they were going to bunt against the dang shift, and yeah. and and we've seen that now. Like it's it's funny. Brandon Belt last at bat of twenty twenty one breaks his hand, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bunting, and his first hit of twenty twenty two is laying a bunt down the third base line when they're playing the shift on him. And and I just you know on one hand I'm like oh don't do that, but on the other hand I'm like yeah do that because right. and the fact is was you know I think right before him Yaz had also laid a couple bunts down that way and in a row and he, yeah. one was foul and and uh and and I it just sent a message that like you're going to shift we're going to get a base hit out of this right. and you can you can choose to shift us but if not then we're just going to take our easy hit and move on 
And I think right. that's genius. Why haven't we been doing that before? As fans, we've been clamoring for that for a long time. And I think now they've probably run the numbers and their nerds and statisticians said, yep, that's the play to make. And right. and so they're doing right. it. Well, I mean, it's just the percentage of success versus the downside, right? And the downside is super low. Um, the percentage of success is super high. And and then when you, especially when it's, uh, you know, it's also better when there's less outs, Right. And, right. and and when there's nobody on base, you know, like you're like, well, oh, gosh, Brandon Belt bunting. You know, people are like, oh, I'm glad he's bunting because he didn't hit a home run. It's like, you know, Brandon Belt does not hit a home run as often as you think he does. Right. The percentages of the home run um, versus the advantage to him being on first base with nobody out and and the, and how many runs that results in the Giants scoring in an inning is probably better when yeah. he bunts and gets on base, right? It's the same as a walk. It's the same as a single. It's the same as, as getting hit by a pitch, right? It, it doesn't really matter how you get to first base, but if you get to first base with nobody out, that's a huge advantage to your team. And, and if you have a super high percentage way of getting that done, then why not take advantage of it? And I guarantee you they've run the numbers on it. Yeah. I'm sure they absolutely have. And uh, yeah, and I think you're going to continue to see the Giants do all of these sorts of things. And I think the key thing, the reason why you say, why haven't we seen this in the past, is because the people playing the game didn't believe, right? The people managing the game didn't believe. Yeah. Um, and and this is true of every transition. Right. I, I think, again, the Moneyball team from the early, you know, from the beginning of the century was is a, is a perfect example of this. Like the people that were against what Billy Bean was trying to do, you know, and um, and if you don't have buy in from your coaching and managing staff, it doesn't matter what kind of roster you put together. If you don't have buy in from your players, they're really not going to try to bunt that well. Right. They're going to try to bunt it foul um, or they're just going to ignore your signs. Right. So you really need buy in. And I think that's what makes this this team unique is, is that they're all bought in. Right? right. And I think after last year, like, why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Right. There's no, yeah. They, <laughs> there's they, just no reason not to believe the anymore. proof was in the pudding. They've drinking the Kool-Aid now. It is. They're all in, which is which is great. So we've been kind of keeping track, Matthew, here of of how things have gone in the early days of the season. Um, we we know what what the Giants have been doing, right? A lot of good things. Uh, I think more good than bad so far, right? Um, yep. I, I I think there are still some question marks, for sure. I, I think especially around maybe the offense and its productivity. But you know that sounds like last April too, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, and uh, and we know, you know, we got a little bit of look into to one of the Giants' main rivals in the NL West, the, the Padres. I, I personally feel like the Padres' pitching staff looks as good as promised. I mean, I, I don't know what happened to you, Darvish, but uh, but hopefully the Giants treat him like that every time they see him. But I think that the, the pitching staff for the Padres is for real. Also a strong, strong lineup, but, but they really, really miss Tatis Jr. And at the beginning of the show, I did mention that one Colorado Rockies are uh, leading the division with a record of four and one. So I, I guess the, the, what I'm getting to is, is like, how is the rest of the division doing? Um, particularly uh, the Dodgers. And well, I mean, that's it, right? There's only four teams in the National League West, right? Well, there's one other team. 
Oh, right. That team that you said last week was going to finish ahead of the Padres, and I think so far has, what, like three hits this season? <laughs> They're, they're, How many hits do the Diamondbacks have by now? I don't know, but they're two and four. I mean, they're, they're only. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. They're, you know, they haven't really. It, it's early, Ben. It's not. It's, a, it's not a hundred and ten get lost season yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. You know, and I and I'm not. I'm not totally bought in on that prediction. Sometimes we say things after you know swallowing a few ounces of alcohol, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, see, I was, I was, it was more about the Padres and maybe about the Diamondbacks, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and at this rate, the Diamond, the Padres are in fourth place. You know, just, yeah. uh, just not the team that I had predicted. So, right, uh, right. that's that's fair. That's fair. You know what I am loving though, is after the first series loss against the Rockies, boy, the media turned on the Dodgers fast. <laughs> Because that's exactly what happened last year. The Rockies, the Rockies are a tough team at home, and the Dodgers do not walk over them. Like that—that that is just—that's never happened. The, the the Rockies play LA tough, especially in Colorado, right? And and so like and clearly you can't look at one three-game series uh, and say you know oh you know this team is bad or good. And right. and yet and yet what I what I what I love about what happened to the Dodgers is it was a little bit of 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 an opening in their armor, right? Where people were starting to doubt, right? You started to say like, oh, the Dodgers might actually have problems. Of course, and you'd read the article and they say, oh, of course not, that's not true. But the headlines, the headlines were starting to play into the fears of Dodger fans. And, 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 you know, now the Giants, here the Giants are, they're four and two and the Dodgers are, are, you know, you know, what are they? They're, 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 they're two and, or three and they're three and two. They're three and two. Right. Um, and, uh, after getting, after getting, uh, you know, played tough by the Colorado Rockies. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, I think what we're seeing here. It's just a tiny, tiny little hint of evidence that that people are starting to to realize that that their expectations are are a little misguided, right? People still now, of course, I still think the Dodgers are a great team, <laughs> and I I still think they're probably going to finish ahead of the Giants, um, right? I'm not going off of that prediction, um, but what I'm just saying is, is it just seems like the headlines are just a little bit different this year than they were last year. And, um, I don't know. It, it makes, it makes a Giants fan like me, I know it doesn't really matter, but it makes me, it makes me a little, have a little bit of warmth in my heart. <laughs> well, then, and then Clayton Kershaw throws seven perfect innings today. Um, and they removed him because of pitch count. Uh, right and right. and which he agreed with and you know he said blame it on the lockout is what he said which is kind of funny but uh, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things I blame on the lockout Kershaw uh, yeah yeah and yeah. but you know I'm hoping that Kershaw is not the Kershaw of old I'm hoping this was a blip and an a- a- aberration maybe uh, uh, because you know I mean you know I don't want the Dodgers to do to, lots to of people have thrown seven perfect innings Matthew lots, lots of people? and lots of people yes All I'm right. sure I'll take your I'm word sure. on that I have not. I've never done it, no. Uh, but you know what I do know is that you Darvish, I think, threw seven no-hit innings in his first outing. No, and then he plays the, the Giants, and and then and then he yeah, and ten and my, he gave and up Mike, ten runs and Mike two is, innings against Mike Yastrzemski, who owns him apparently. 
that's right. So, you know, as Sean Manea, I mean, who was really, who pitched really well today, but he was, he threw, he threw eight or seven or eight no hit innings himself in his start. Like the Padres, two starters had 15 hitless innings between them without, you know, they, they gave up no hits. Right. Uh, in their first two starts of the season. Um, and the Giants beat both of those guys. So, you know, um, it's, you know, whatever. Perfect games are just so rare and, they're not really indicative of anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're just—they're just—you just enjoy them. Yeah, one, one and, little... and seven seven perfect innings is just like, oh, that's noteworthy. I'll move on with my life. You know, if you know the 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 eleven to or the thirteen to two game this week was so needed because we had played uh, what every other game that we played this week was well, most there were four one run games, one two run game. Uh, and then the 13 to, to two laugher. And so, which is funny because the Giants actually lead the National League West in run differential solely based on that one 13 to two game. And uh, um, everything <laughs> uh, else. It's you know, nice was, to be early in the season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just, you know, those those big games can definitely um you know, produce well, outliers there, but well, I think I mean I don't I haven't looked at the rest of the league and how it's per, you know performing, but but you know it was clear all of during spring training that that the pitchers were way ahead of the batters, right? Right, and and I think that has carried through, um, you know, into into the regular season at least for the San Francisco Giants. And what I also know is is that last year during the month of April, the the, the offense was very spotty. It took a long time for the offense to sort of pull itself together. And it really kind of did it in fits and starts. It was never like a, a juggernaut. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and this is the this is virtually the same offense as that one is. So, you know, so far, you know, so the same. Right. I, I, I wouldn't call it good, but it's um, I don't think it's time to, to panic yet. But I do think it's going to be one of those things that we worry about all season. Yeah. Quite frankly, you know, the strength of this team is on the pitching side. It, yeah. it is. And 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 the team we just what we really should be looking at is are the Giants still hitting lots of home runs? Because that's really the difference maker for this lineup. Right. Absolutely. So getting close to time here, looking ahead to next week and I'm yes. looking at I'm looking at we play the the Guardians uh, the for Guardians. three for three games and the New York Mets for four. Uh, we will be back with a new episode before they finish that Mets series. Uh, but. Uh, both teams are playing well to start off the season. The the Guardians are uh, four and two, and the Mets are five and two. Uh, so both teams ha- are playing well. Uh, we're going on the road. What do you think? Uh, you know, a, a best case scenario coming out of this road trip is. Uh, uh, best case scenario, I would like to see them go. I mean, best case scenario. I mean, four and three, four and three is is great. I think yeah. four and three is is you can't complain. You're happy, right? Yeah. I, I think three and four is you know, is a little bit disappointing. But at least you at least you got through a, a tough road trip early in the season when it's cold in both of those locations. Yeah, but okay, that doesn't even end the road trip because then they've got three games against the Washington Nationals and then a one game 
game against Milwaukee on oh, their way thank- to play Oakland. So uh, thank you, a, thank thank you, lockout. Yes, yeah. this is a thirteen game, thirteen consecutive game uh, over the next two weeks. Uh, Eleven of those on the road, with no rest in between. This is a tough road trip. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. This is this is a ama- this is the, okay. This is a make it or break it road trip. I think. Right. Like you know they they have to play five hundred through those thirteen games, six yeah. and seven or seven and six. I'll be happy. Yeah. Quite frankly, um, and and whatever they need to do during these next seven games, I, I think is is um, um, you know whatever they need to do to to stay close to that. That being said, they're a better team than both the Mets and the Guardians. Um, and they should they should be able to beat both of those teams. Um, but, you know, again, you're traveling, you're on the road, it's cold in these locations, although the Giants play just fine in the cold weather. So um, I, you know, um, I would say, I would say, yeah, let's good, hope for four and three. Good, good pitching, you know, uh, yeah, in, pitching in cold weather, I think, uh, you know, bats, bats tend yeah. to to struggle. So uh, yeah, I think the giants have set themselves up. Obviously the rotation has proven that they are the stalwart of this team and, and that could uh, help lead them to the you know, next uh, You know, what'll be really interesting is guys like Rodon and Cobb and, and Logan Webb against the Stephen Kwan kid. Oh yeah. Like guys that are strikeout, uh, strikeout guys against the guy strikeout that hasn't, guys against a guy who doesn't strike out. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has zero strikeouts for the season so far. Like I said, he has, um, uh, it wasn't 115 at bats. It was 115 pitches, I think, and he has no swings and misses. He's had 15 at bats, so he's had 15 at bats and 24 plate appearances because he walks all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, he has not struck out a single time and no swings and misses. Right. And he's he's hitting 667 with an on base percentage of 750. His OPS plus right now, Matthew, is 385. Wow. He's four that, times as good, good as an average. <laughs> um, that's like a video game level. Yeah, that's like superhero. Yeah. That's superhero stats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, going to say there's going to be a little regression there. There's going to be some regression. Let's hope it starts with the Giants. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, but that, I mean, that is an interesting guy to watch. Uh, if you're, if, if you're curious as to who to be watching on, on, on the guardians, um, but um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think the Giants are better than both of these teams. I'm, I, I think they can go four and three um, and, and anything better than that is just a huge bonus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and wow. But a 13 game road trip, that's not pleasant, especially with that one game stopover, which would have been an off day. Yep. Would have been an off day. But we have we have the lockout to thank for that one. So. All right. Well, we're up against the hour. Uh, Bob, why don't you uh, let our li- listeners know what they can do? Like and subscribe, people. I, I didn't mean it to sound quite like that. Thank you, Bob, for not 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 teeing that one up for it. Wow, uh, Bob, you, yeah. Matthew really just invited you just to do whatever you wanted there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what else can pro, they Bob. do? What else can they do, Bob? <laughs> follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. A giant. You're cocktails. a pro, Bob. You're yes. a pro, man. You know, I don't get paid enough for this. That's right, Bob. You don't. Oh, you get paid more than Ben and I. So you, you signed a contract, bro. You signed a contract. What do you want from me? 
we'll renegotiate next year. That's right. That's right. Oh, listeners, we're having fun with Bob today. We uh, hope you are, too. Anyway, uh, good talking with you, Ben. We'll see you next week. Uh, Until then, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.